Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, welcome to the RTE GA podcast. Mikey Stafford and Rory O'Neill with you. We've been joined by Niall McCoy of RTE Sport and Eamon Fitzmaurice. Uh, how are you getting on, Eamon? Good, good, Mikey. Thanks. Good stuff. Niall, are you well? Yeah, yeah. Recovered from a weekend, but I'm all right. I'm all right, uh, Mikey. That's good. <laughs> well, you're an Armagh GA fan. These are, these are golden days, golden days. Um, <laughs> right. We will crack on, lads. Um, We'll we'll dive straight into it and do our best to simulate some GA analysis here. That's a hint. We'll we'll, we'll get on to the burning issue of the weekend oh, yeah. later subtle, on. Subtle, subtle, subtle. Thanks, Eamon. That's me. Subtle's my middle name. Um, but I thought we might start with issues in the hide. Um, because I, I think it was a game of a lot of interest, and I think it turned out to be quite an interesting game. And Rory, our old mucker, Mister McStay, mm. he is well and truly. Happily ensconced in intercounty football management now. Not one, not two, not three, not four, but five late changes, which are so late and unexpected that the Mayo uh, Twitter account had time to do up a nice graphic for them. So, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so Ke- Kevin is well and truly into the swing of things. Dummy teams, a go go. I suppose so. Like, if you look at the players that came in, I mean, it, it, it speaks more to the strength and depth that he has at his disposal more than anything else. I I was thinking about this last night and I'd love to see Mayo's A's versus B's. I'd love to be a fly on the wall for a half an hour and just watch their current A's versus B's games. I mean, Eamon, you've <clears throat> obviously been privy to that before you locked, before you eventually took the step to lock the doors to much rancor down in Kerry, I think there was as well. But um, you, you, nobody gets into inter-county training sessions anymore. It was only brought home to me, the craziness of it, really, when you think about it, watching the Liam Sheedy documentary on Lake Wigail during the week and the 15,000 in Nolan Park when Kilkenny were going for four in a row or five in a row. But Mayo are fascinating in that, like, I think they've got just got incredible depth. It wasn't like he was weakening the team in any way. I mean, he, the kind the kinds of players he was bringing in to start were the likes of Killian O'Connor, Paddy Durkin, Tommy Conroy. We got to see him from the start for the first time in a while. So, yeah, yeah. I think... Colum Reap and goal. Colum Reap and goal, yeah. You know, he made way for Rory Byrne. You reap what you saw. <laughs> okay, that's enough on the puns. But, um, yeah, I think it, it, it just says more about where they are. They've got their eight points on the board. His job done as far as he's concerned. They don't necessarily now have to worry too much about the two remaining fixtures and let everybody else down that end of the table duke it out. I think they're safe and they can look ahead to Connacht. And I think that's probably what Kevin's goal was at the start of the year. And I don't think he'll make any apologies for it. No, Eamon, you're obviously not going to criticise your old friend and you know as a member of the uh inter-county management alumni you're everybody can throw in the old dummy team could happen to could happen to a bishop but it does kind of as rory says it indicates the strength that mcstay has and from going from being one of these counties in transition they're now you know look almost destined to be in the league final nobody thought they wanted to be in mm-hmm. and as you said, you got Tommy Conroy can score a point from play. You got Killian O'Connor doing his usual, getting seven points, six of them from freeze. But 
show me the county that doesn't want the guy who can kick six frees, <laughs> you know, like very important. And James Carr stayed and scored three points. And like they almost more importantly here, I think Eamon is uh, they got a bit of a fright and they responded and they showed that they did want to win this match. And they showed that the starting team which, and the finishing team both kind of had to do a bit of work here. So I'd say Kevin McStay was delighted on his very, very short trip home from Dr. Hyde Park. Yeah, a big time, Mikey, and I'd say, look, there was an awful lot in it. I think both teams made a share of changes, so they were probably thinking to games further down the line, a possible league final, a definite kind of championship encounter. So playing twice or even potentially three times in such a short space of time is far from ideal. So they probably there was probably a bit of that in it. Um, I think Mayo are just in a great spot and they're able to do that. When you're changing your team from a position of strength where you're leaving out foreign players, the likes of Aidan O'Shea, the likes of Ryan O'Donoghue, that's that's a great place to be. The likes of Reap and Goals when he's done well and you're bringing in other fellas to give them a go. They've all done well. Killian O'Connor looked very sharp. Um, in fairness to Tommy Conroy, it was great to see him back in that direct kind of running style he'll bring something different as well he still looks you know he looks like he's been out for a while he he made a couple of those darts and you could see that he was recovering and he was gasping a bit but but getting a foot uh, a start like that and starting so early it'll be great for him and then the final piece was that they got the fright at the end and you can be sure that they'll be working on that this week but they're working on it again from a position of strength they won the game but they'll be saying, lads, we, we have to work on this. We can't allow it to happen again. It's not like they've lost the game and they're saying, lads, that was a bit of a disaster. So they're in a great place. I said it the last time we were on. They remind me very much of Kerry this time last year, that they're just, they're everything they're doing is building towards something major for the championship. And uh, I'd imagine it's a very positive place to be and a very enjoyable place to be at the moment for, for players and management. Yeah. Um. On this whole, whether they want to win a league or not, Niall, I think, you know, Mayo won a league a few years ago. They've scratched the itch. They're out a weekend after against Roscommon. But you have to weigh that up against the the value of the momentum of, you know, going unbeaten through the league and the confidence that will give them. And sure, if he wants to put out the B team in in a league final, you know, Allianz won't like that very much. The GA won't like that very much. But Kevin McSay will be able to justify it to himself. So who do you think they're going to play in a league final if they are indeed going to get there? Because you look at it, Roscommon almost certainly wouldn't want to play them in the league final and have maybe taken the foot off the gas as we expected. <laughs> maybe Mayo would. Uh, Galway, again, it would be interesting given the Connacht Championship, which brings us down to below the three Connacht teams, your own county, Armagh, who I would think would value uh, a final in Croke Park, if only to think further ahead to the to the summer and getting back to headquarters again. Yeah, I, I think Armagh probably would be one of the few that would be well offered, and they're probably still in the hunt now to beat Galway next round. Uh, to sets go up to, a nice last game. Sets up a nice last game. Yeah. Also, if they lose to Galway, it sets up a last. Game. <laughs> <laughs> lose that. Either way, Toronto and Oma is going to be fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's it's so hard to predict. I was looking at the table there, and I I just can't make head or tail of it. To be honest, who's going to finish where? And I, I've said on this before. I'm not a massive fan of league finals for this very reason that you're going to have teams stepping off the gas in round six or round seven. I appreciate the likes of Leitrim getting to the, the Division Four team or final against Derry. Can you believe that Derry a few years ago? Um, I really like those days out. I enjoyed them as a spectacle, but I just think it. 
it softens the end of the league uh, program um, for what is an unbelievably good competition. We've just had another weekend of brilliance. Mm. And now we're talking about, will Mayo take the foot off the gas? Is there a team that wants to play them in the final? And I just think I'd love to see them cut. Uh, top team wins the league. Simple as that. You get the, you get the silverware. Um, that's an, I, I don't know. <laughs> the honest answer, Mikey. I'm trying to predict this division is crazy. Um, like a... You give Kerry a one-goal start up in Oma, the way the two teams are going, you think they're going to build from there, and then they're just outplayed. Well, not outplayed, but outfought pretty much from there on in. And it's, it's, Predicting this division is just, sure, I don't know. I don't know how anyone could do it in confidence, Mikey, but I think May will be there. That's the one thing we can probably take a good stab at after that. Put names in the hat and draw one. Yeah, because, Rory, it does come down to then, you know, it's not just the form of the team, you know, it's the form and the desire of the team they're playing against. And, you know, I don't know if the Crow Park use a computer, you know, but the old, uh, you know, the the old cliche in the Premier League is the fixtures computer, etc. hasn't been kind to them. You know, the fixtures here can really, you know, they can really have an impact on how teams, you know, a team being relegated, a team, you know, being, you know, getting to a league final. Um, Monaghan Tyrone, the next day out, it's a fascinating one, obviously. Um, Donegal, Mayo, like Mayo. You know, maybe it could coast a little bit. Donegal desperately need a win, so the identity of the opponent and their their need becomes very it becomes very interesting here, doesn't it? That you know, you know, I think like Mayo would be expected to beat Donegal on current form, but you know how seriously will Kevin McStay be taking the game versus how desperately Donegal need a win? So it quality and intensity maybe gets replaced with kind of a, a level of intrigue. Uh, at the word of the uh, month for us. <laughs> yeah, there's there's layers of it, but I do I would probably take a different view to Nile to an extent in terms of the league finals. I think league finals are something for a start. They're massive cash cows. Um, if you have Division One, Two, league you're always finals, about the money, Roy. Always about money. A sport, a, a sports organization <laughs> needs money to wash its face. You you can't run a you can't run uh, any uh, event without money. It's just the harsh reality of it. And I think um, if you have a pair of league finals this year, let's say for argument's sake, it look, it's pretty much home and host in Division 2 that Derry and Dublin are going to be there. And look at that, Dublin will probably have to get togged out in the Cusick stand. That'll be a bit of crack. Um, <laughs> Watch so... your space, Rory. Watch your space. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll pull us, they'll pull us. Oh, listen, no, 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 division uh, two. They'll still be in the Hogan they'll, they'll still be in their dressing room. Yeah, yeah. But I do think, like, if you have Dublin and Derry in a division two final, and potentially, let's just say for argument's sake, it's Mayo versus Armagh, that's, I'm going to guess, 50, 60,000 people, 50,000 people anyway. Easy. And you multiply that by 20 euro, that's a lot of coin that you're flushing on the toilet. I think the, issue for me with the league finals is the proximity to championship mm -hmm. and it, there's just no gap and I think teams at that stage do have to start prioritizing and you don't blame them for that um, but I think to go back to your point it just adds a huge um, it, it adds it adds a, a significant asterisk 
to the back rounds of the league because Monaghan are running into Mayo when Mayo may even be already qualified for a league final and Monaghan may need, badly need the two points to stay up and then you're into competition integrity because you might have a situation where Mayo effectively played the B team knowing that they've got two big games coming up or you just don't know. So there are all those types of concerns. I think they're all legitimate, but I think it comes back to really a calendar that's just in on top of itself. And ultimately, mm. these are the sacrificial lambs that people propose, which I think might necessarily be the solution long term. Mm. Eamon, uh, I think two teams who can expect tough games in the next couple of weeks would be Ross Common and Galway. Rossies who have to travel down to Killarney, I guess the game's in Killarney, and then Galway host Kerry and... Uh, as much as he might have been too bothered about winning the league, Jack Connor's plan certainly isn't to get relegated. So um, they're going to be looking for probably, you know, they need at least two points from those two games and maybe four to be sure. So do you think, um, do you think Kerry have been holding a little back and are they going to bare their teeth from a fortnight on or are they just, it's a matter of burning off dirty diesel and it's going to take as long as it takes? I don't think they've been holding anything back, to be honest, uh, Mikey. I think they've been, putting out what they what they have at the moment. And um, look, I suppose the thing with Kerry is they're still sharp players. Mm. Brian O'Bugliuk, Gavin White, Stearman O'Connor, Stephen O'Brien, Paul Ganey. When you put you know that calibre of player back into the picture, as well as the lads that are there at the moment, your squad is a lot stronger. Um, they didn't even use the full complement of subs yesterday. So... Uh, you know, I don't think that Kerry would have foreseen to have been in this situation. That that game against Roscommon is it's on and truly actually again, Mikey. Uh, ah, the, the, the I had Saturday a fifty-fifty chance of getting that right, and I got it wrong. So, uh, <laughs> it's uh, that's a huge game for Kerry because, like, if you were to get turned over at home against Roscommon, and it doesn't happen too often that Kerry lose home league games, but you're going up to Galway in the last day to try and get something, and depending on Galway's need you know, that could be very hard and Galway might have a bit of revenge in their mind as well from, from last summer. So I think that um, Jack and the Kerry lads would be hoping to get a, a win against Roscommon, but that's no gimme either because mm-hmm. Roscommon need, still needs, you know, probably a point to at, le- to at least guarantee themselves. And they're going well and they're playing well as well and they had a right go at it again yesterday. So that's a tough game. So look, like, like I was making the point there about Mayo being in a great place that they'll be working on conceding those late goals and managing the game late and they'll probably have a couple of scenarios and training over the next couple of weeks. This is what we do in that situation and this is how we do it a bit better. Whereas for Kerry, it's it's different conversations. They're talking about, you know, getting their work rate right, getting the attitude right, getting the basics right. There's a lot more to fix and they can fix it in a very short space of time, don't get me wrong, and I expect them to fix it. But at the same time, you're digging. You're just digging a small bit. I, I remember Jack saying after the league last year, I think they did very little in the way of video analysis. They had very few meetings. They didn't need to because of the way they were playing and the way they were building week to week. And uh, you could see, visibly see the team grow in confidence as they went on. Whereas they, I imagine they are having meetings at the moment and there probably is a bit of video being played and being discussed and it's just a different dynamic and it's part of it it's part of yeah. a team and it's part of the, the, the a different journey that they're on this year but uh um yeah they'll 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 need a big reaction against Roscommon but I would expect there to be especially with the two week gap and a bit of 
downtime next weekend because they've been they've had two long journeys the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Just give them a bit of time to re, re, recharge the batteries and go hard for that game again. Yeah. Um. On the flip side, then I think Emil uh, makes a couple of good points there about you know the need for video analysis and sometimes there isn't. And um, in the McGinley's column for tomorrow, which being Tuesday. Uh, it's a good line that says, RT Sport, i.e. me, asked me to write a column with a kind of a tactical slant. He said, I think tactics can be overdone. He said, this week proved it. And uh, in fairness, you could say it about a lot of the games, but I think it's more true than ever. As he said, Tyrone didn't change their style of play or personnel, particularly in the last seven days. But my God, they came with an intent, whether it was the, the green and gold jerseys that did it to them or just the fact that they have had enough of their slump. But you know, it was it's it usually was, it's usually the green and gold jerseys. That, that, yeah, that, that, that seems to be something that stirs four, them. All right, four, four wins and five against Kerry. It's uh, yeah, through that like it's evidence though that like they Tyrone like You're you know tactics. There, lad. Sorry, I can't hear you. Tyrone <laughs> <laughs> kind of found a bit of their old vim and vigor, Niall, that probably won them in All Ireland a couple of years ago. And uh, it, like in fairness. You won't say this, and Eamon won't say it. I can say it. I'm from Wexford. Like the championship in the league, like you need, you, you don't want a throne team that's kind of fallen in on itself. I don't, anyway. You need a throne sure. team that's competitive. You can disagree, but at the same time, they do. They, there was something of the, the 2021 Tyrone there on Sunday, and I, for one, was glad to see it, and you can tell me to piss off now if you want. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll leave that one hanging there, Mikey. Um, I don't. It, Dora Cannon's point was like getting 30 years and going back in a time machine and seeing his dad. It was absolutely, was on that. even I cheered that one. I have to see when he fits over because it was absolutely fantastic. Like the, the awareness, the skill, the whole lot. And he's just an absolute joy to watch. He really, really is. And even in their tough sort of a few weeks, he has been the one player that's really dogged it for them and got stuck in. But they have missed, if you go through their matches and their defeats, they have been missing goal chances. They're a bit like Armand too. They have had opportunities to put Roscommon away in different teams and haven't taken them. So maybe they've just taken that approach. We're not that far away, but I'd say it's more the wounded animal uh, and no better team to bite against than Kerry. And they love Kerry coming off Doma. Like, you know, to have such a good record against them. It just sparks something in them. And, you know, talking to people within Throne Circles this last couple of weeks, there has been questions over Fergal Logan and Brian Duhar, you know, which is mad because they won an All-Ireland title in their first season. But it's an expecting county now. Throne are a top-table county now, four All-Ireland titles in whatever, 20 years. So the, the expectations changed. Uh, Mickey Hart doing so well at Loud brought that into the conversation this week too. I saw a few people talking about but. Listen, they just they just battle hard uh, every time Clifford and O'Shea in particular come up the right flank in the second half. They are hit by three or four men. They are hit hard. They probably rode their luck a wee bit with the referee at times. I thought you could say that. You could say that. You could say that. Um, so you I know, thought, I thought Clifford at one stage was fouled about five times. Yeah, and then he, and then he yeah, gives a free gave a free out. Yeah, that was a great one. Yeah, you, you take those oh, presents like in those sort of matches. You take those presents. Uh, Kerry shooting was a wee bit errant. Um, their hand passing was a wee bit errant. What do you sort of expect? I remember. I can't remember whose point it was early in the second half, and Kerry had the ball clear and the fist is straight. Uh, a combor just pa- uh, hand passing yeah, straight to the troll man. Yeah. So like oh, Kerry were a bit yeah. sloppy, but. Mm. Throne did what you'd expect a Throne team that's been written off and told that they've lost it. Uh, they did what you'd expect. They reacted like the wounded animals they are and they got stuck in and they got over a line 
in a game that it probably could have went either way, but they just showed that uh, wee bit extra. Matty Donnelly, someone who's been probably written off as being at the end of his career, had a had a stormer. He had a really, really good game, and his reaction at the end spoke volumes. It really did. He's a uh, he's a uh... He went grey over the winter, and I was wondering whether he he aged. But it's just the hair. He's uh, he, yeah, he was definitely back to him old self, and it was it was good to see. Rory, I'm gonna I'm gonna use a strange kind of link here to to jump to the big game from Saturday night in Division Two. In that yesterday, Paul Murphy threw on goal at a bit of an angle, a wing back, um, scored a magnificent goal, and it just made me instantly think of the evening before when Kieran Kilkenny was through on goal. And he had the most simple of hand passes across the goal to Cormac Costello. And we're not talking about one of these dubs that we're not altogether sure about. He had Cormac Costello on the edge of the square. How many times have we seen Cormac Costello palm a ball to the net and Kilkenny fisted it over the bar? And uh, I suppose results determine these things, but there's a lot being made of it now because, you know, they lost by a point. And I wonder, will that do something for Dublin positively? Like Desi said after the match, they'll get more good out of this than bad. And I think that might be one of the things. I think Dublin might have to just rediscover a level of ruthlessness that maybe is not quite there as much as they were resurgent on Saturday night. Mm, Yeah, resurgent. I mean, I thought they were very good for 20 minutes in that first half, but they were invited to be. Yeah, Derry were also very um, accommodating. (laughs) They sat so deep and they invited Dublin onto them. I like, you know, I think from Dublin's perspective, there was a couple of things that struck me about the game. Um, like they had a great chance of a goal after two minutes for James McCarthy, you know, um, he didn't take it. I mean, the moderate, I, I, I just, I, th- th- there was a few issues around, I saw a, a few things that were very uncharacteristic for Dublin. I mean, with Conor Callaghan catching kickouts, for instance, around the middle of the field, I saw Davy Byrne just kick the ball straight up into the air, like a carry on. Um, so there were, there were kind of elements to Dublin's play that would have had me a little bit edgy in so far as I'd be worried about them. Uh, if I was a Dublin supporter and I do think I said this before a little bit of a malaise can enter into your mental your mental psyche plus your general play when you're playing at a lower level than division one that you may not even be aware that's there and they could get caught now the, the great thing for them is this and I think Wheelow mentioned it last night the reality is they're going to be in either a prelim quarterfinal or a quarterfinal because we're playing 24 matches in those round robins, those group stages to get rid of four teams. So three out of the four teams in each of those groups are going to qualify. So Dublin will only really need to peak for three times, you know, like, and they'll be quite, um, that'll be a short, sharp burst of fixtures that'll run pretty close and congested together again. So you just hope from their point of view that they're looking to, you know, t- tailor and time their run for that particular time of the year and really have a go at it with some older players that probably are coming to the end now, I'd say. There was a couple of other things that stood out for me on it. One of the things that I thought was striking, and again, look, I we don't know what's going on inside in the camp, but on 64 minutes, they're a pint up. Derry are coming with a massive surge like they're coming now and you could sense it from watching on tv anyway that there was a real buzz in the crowd and they're you know they're beginning to come in waves 
and you take James McCarthy off. Now, I'm a manager. I'm a Mickey Mouse manager of an under 10s. I'm in a battle. Do I take off somebody of the caliber of James McCarthy in that scenario? I don't think I do. If you haven't played for your under 10s, I wouldn't anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I think, I think, I think the, the, then I would have liked to have seen more from Brian Howard. Again, we don't know how much football he has under his belt. He's only just come back. But if he was good enough to come on with six minutes to go, he was certainly good enough maybe for 15 or 20. And I would like to have seen a little bit more from him. So I think, you know, look, will there be question marks around what's going on on the line? I don't think so just yet. Dublin GA supporters, the Hill can be an impatient lot because half of them haven't a clue about Gaelic football or GA and a lot of them wouldn't even be members of clubs. But there's a very educated Dublin GA uh, supporter, an educated Dublin GA person that does know what's going on and might necessarily have the same kind of patience that, you know, so there were just a few things that I thought were quite interesting, a little bit striking. And, you know, I suppose, look, Eamon is probably the best person of all to tell you, you, you make the right decisions. And of course, you're a hero. You make a couple of ones that backfire on you and then you 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 don't have a clue. But um, yeah, I think they have a fair bit of work to do. Jeez, I, mean, I was going to ask you a follow-up question. But I think I think Rory's preparing a dissertation on Dublin's 2022 season. That was a hell of an answer. So might have to move on to the opposition with you, Eamon, unless you've anything significant to add. Um, Derry, for me, I think the question about them, and we spoke about it here, and it was many a newspaper uh, opinion piece written about it, is their lack of a bench. So um, to, to, to rebut that, you could look at Gareth McKinless coming in, Ushie McWilliams coming in, Lachlan Murray all coming in, all making a significant, significant contribution. But then you could also look at the fact that Niall Lachlan went off in the 73rd minute and they brought on brought Niall Toner back onto the pitch to replace him, which kind of makes me wonder, is, is it the three subs you have? But certainly the impact of McKinless was unquestionable and also yeah. the two boys kicking big freeze would suggest that Rory Gallagher's small squad does have more than 15 players at least. Yeah, he does, and and Shay Downey won a free as well when he came mm. on. Monkey. He got so he he did well as well. So, um, look, Rory Gallagher spoke after I think was it the Kildare game about how he's a fan of having a tight squad and he's clearly using players that he he trusts implicitly, and that's and that's part of the game plan. And he seems to be happy to go with that. The the one thing that could scupper him there is that, uh, particularly in a tight run of games during the summer, is if he got a couple of big injuries, a couple of significant injuries that, you know, they have been fortunate enough in that regard the last year or two that yeah. they haven't lost any of their big guns for, for the big games. So he'll be hoping that continues. But yeah, look, Derry were hugely impressive in the second half. And even in the first half, when they did sit a bit too deep and they allowed Dublin to kind of get into their rhythm or, around the fringes, they still probably missed one four, one five. that on another day they would be converting but um, for me, I think the big thing the second half was just their aggression on the ball, how direct they were in taking their men on that they have been doing for the last 12 months. But Brendan Rodgers, McKinnis, Connor Glass in the middle of the field where they were blowing past men and creating overlaps and causing problems to the dubs at the back uh, was very evident that that was a big, um, big change in their approach in the second half that they went back to what they're doing uh, for the last year and doing so well and it, it was in the first half as if they were a bit 
overawed is the wrong uh, word, but that they were just... Um, they gave Dublin a bit too much respect, Amy. Yeah, 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 exactly. I felt that they possibly gave them a small bit too much respect, but um, uh, Rory Gallagher at halftime obviously said to them, look, lads, we've to, we've to push out at them when they're in possession and we've to go at them when we're in possession, and they did that so well. So it was a huge win for them. It was a really big win, and... You could see afterwards that even for Rory Gallagher, he was quite animated himself. That it was it was one that had been circled in the calendar, and it did mean a bit more than your standard two points for sure. Yeah. The other question about them, I suppose, uh, that we've had Niall is that you know, if a team like does what Galway did in the semi final last year and mirrors them, will that that flummox Derry? I suppose the more teams do that to them the better they'll get at responding to it. Dublin did it to an extent in the first half, but as Roy says, there's probably elements of that Dublin performance that, you know, weren't at obviously the level of what Galway produced in All-Ireland semi-final. So I guess those questions will remain until an Armagh or a Tyrone kind of take that approach, or Cavan take that approach to them in the Ulster Championship. And then that'll be a, a proper test of Derry because maybe, you know, as Rory says, Dublin operating in Division 2 at the moment are quite coming with that championship intensity and buying into the system, which is exactly what makes it so good for Derry is that every one of the players completely buys into that system and that's why they make it work. Yeah, yeah, they're very comfortable in their own skin right now. Yeah, they'll listen, they'll, no matter who they come up against in Ulster, they probably will get a, a taste of exactly what they need, uh, which is to see how to, to break down. But uh, as the boys say, they're... The second half, if I was coming away as a Derry fan, watching the boys giving a bit more license, uh, Rogers and Glass to, to break free and, and not be as restricted, that's the sort of game plan you know I'd be implementing because not many teams are going to be able to live at that pace and power. Ten years ago, Brendan Rogers, when he was about 20, couldn't get on the slot kneel reserves for a championship match against the Loop. And now he's probably one of the most informed midfielders in the country. And most people see an even better hurler. Like he's just an astonishing athlete. Glass, we know, uh, stupid free is tight at the end. We know just how powerful. I, I, you know, many times, Mike, we've done, and we talk about Derry here so often, like, and how how much of a to say they're going to have in the championship, like, but I, I just don't see why they wouldn't be targeting an all earned title this year. Mm. Um, mm. That might sound stupid. Most people say it might no, be. No, I think it's away. a fairly open competition I, I, I just, this year. I just don't think there's an outstanding team out there. Kerry would still a big one. still be Paul, yeah. Gary could turn it on and, and blow everyone out of the water. Like, but the Galway test last year, people talk about it, but I think that second half turned into a, 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 it was almost a victim of circumstance. They are chasing too much. Their goalkeeper's role has changed a bit this year. Orn Lynch, he's a bit more, not cautious, but he, his timing certainly improved this year. Traditional. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's, he's coming out, he's contesting kickouts as well. You know, he's been contesting down against Loud in different games, but he's just, Picking his moments better this year. And I suppose you could see about the same about Ethan Raffi and Armagh. And like they're both new into the role, both in interesting circumstances. So it's taking a bit of time. But those are just the, the bit of fine tuning there you have to take. And listen, they're they're the form team in Ulster. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think anyone back against them in Ulster this year. Like and after that, who knows? Mm -hmm. Form team in Munster, of course. If they, if they come out, if they come out of Ulster in one piece, now yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that's always the thing, you know. And it's Ulster very, very hard for Ulster teams, I think, yeah. given what the way the season is set up. Sorry. Well, the, the thing about Ulster, you've got Down and Cavan are going to be going in the Ulster now, no matter what happens in Division Three, knowing that they have to get to a provincial final to be in the All Ireland race. So, just to up the ante a wee bit more, we have a Cavan team that's going to be licking its lips if Armagh come through the Antrim test, which they will. Uh, and then you have Down, who have Donegal at home. Like, it's it's 
I, I wasn't sure how the provincials were going to go this year with the new seeding system, but I think it's safe to see an Ulster, as per usual, will have a fairly good competitive, hard-hitting, <laughs> controversial, whatever you want to call it. We'll get the works. We'll get the fireworks. Hooray. Um, Rory, the, the form team in Munster, we'd have to say at the moment, Cork. Goal mad Cork, who are um, scoring a lot of goals, yeah, scoring a lot of goals, you know, 13, 13 14, something like that. That's 13 yeah. goals, yeah. Um, and I look, I'm not gonna ask you to talk them up as you know, potential monster or all Ireland champions here, but at the same time, you could only be happy with the spirit. Like, if it hadn't been for a very odd opening day defeat yeah. to Mead during the promotion conversation, which you would not have said, you know, no. four weeks, five weeks ago, no, and it's a Pity, because could you imagine Derry coming into Parky Cueve and if everything was on the line at that stage? But look, it's not going. That's not going to be. And they, they, they know now that can more or less fold up the tent, and they should be given. Like the, 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 there's a good chance they'll finish third, which means their Sam Maguire position is safe, and now they can have a have a cut off Munster. They'll have to go back up to Ennis, obviously, and play Clare. But they're playing really good football. I think the biggest thing about them, um, I watched the game in full earlier, their fitness levels have improved dramatically. And I think that is something that we identified last year where they played the two best teams last year, Kerry and, and Dublin, and the last 20 minutes, complete and utter fade-outs. And I think they'll probably be able to live with the better teams for longer. They still are a little bit off, um, but I think the Munster Football Championship will be a more competitive environment than it has been for a while. And it's a good thing for football. And I mean, I would always equate Eamon will probably know better than anyone. Cork and Kerry are a bit like Celtic Rangers. And when Rangers disappeared for 10 years, Celtic laughed and hurrahed, but then realized, hang on a second, we need them. We actually, we actually need them. And I think Cork and, Cork and Kerry are very, very similar. Cork have more or less disappeared off the map for 10 years. Now, we don't have a podcast long enough to get into the reasons for why that's happened. But the history of Cork football will tell you that they tend to take a long time to build a team. And I think there is a team building. There's a real consistency in selection now. He's pretty much going with the panel of players that he has. By and large, the same lads are getting picked week in, week out. Sean Powder is probably playing the football of his life. He was outstanding yesterday. And um, yeah, I think they, they, they could be, I wouldn't say necessarily say a dark horse to win a championship. I think the next step for Cork really is a scalp. Take someone big out. And I think they're capable of that. Mm. I won't ask you to hear a response there, Eamon, I promise. So, <laughs> um, we'll move on to our final if topic. I would, Mikey. I know, it's not, not, not in you, Eamon. It's not in you. It goes against everything you believe in. We will we'll just move on to the final topic for today. I do want to talk about the idea of kind of diving, uh, kind of slipping into GA, uh, Gaelic football and hurling, or call it simulation or call it exaggeration, because the examples we've had in the last couple of weeks would be the aforementioned John Powder, where he kind of uh, perhaps held his face after being hit by um, uh, Lee Gannon when maybe his face wasn't anywhere near the contact area. Um, Sean Kelly did something similar for Galway yesterday against Monaghan. And uh, there was a lot of complaints about Connor Cox as well. Um, Eamon, uh, have we just had a bad couple of weeks or is this something you think is prevalent in the game or is becoming more prevalent in the game? 
Well, I hope it isn't, Mikey. I don't think any of us want to see diving creeping into our sport, and it's something that I think we'll have to be hard on. Um, look, I suppose there's two types of a dive. There's a type of a dive where a player is in possession and they go to ground easily looking for a free. Um, you definitely don't want to see that in the game, but it's it's probably not as serious as the other one. But someone going to ground you know, to get someone sent off, really, uh, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't be a fan of that. And I think most GA people wouldn't. And of course, at the top level, there is the win at all cost mentality. But, you know, I think there, there, there has to be that bit of respect for each other as well. And that bit of respect, I think, does go to that, that you'd hate to see fellas going down unnecessarily. Um, You know, it's taken the cynicism really to another level altogether, in, in my opinion. Um, I was trying to figure out today: is there is there a rule that you can get a card for for diving? Is there a yellow or a black card? I, I, no? I believe you can be booked for it. Yeah, and I I say this because another columnist, another columnist, we're getting a shout out today. Shane McGrath, hurling columnist, said he wants to write about it in his column this week, and he says he did look up the rule books, and to the best of his knowledge, I'm taking Shane's word for it: a referee can give a yellow card if he believes a player has simulated. Like I mean, last year, in fairness to David Goff, in the the game above in the athletic grounds between um, Armand and Tyrone, you know, when I, I know the scenes were almost a bit farcical on the day, but we'd very few Malays after that last last year because the referee implemented the rules strictly and it kind of stamped it out for the most part. I know there was a few argy bargy. There was the one above in Donegal, maybe the one in Crow Park later on in the time, but it wasn't as prevalent maybe as it had become. And maybe it's going to take that. It's going to take players getting yellow cards. And if a fella's on a yellow card already and he gets the road for diving, um, it's fairly stamped out pretty fast. But no, definitely not something we want to see creeping into. Do you, do you think they're naming that this has to be police? This isn't a thing that the culture of a team would weed out. Like you say, you wouldn't be happy to see it. Like, you know, so say for an example, you're over a team, be it Kerry or Fossa, whoever, and you see it, you see a player do it. Is that something you call out? Or is it like, as you say, he's the moment we won. That was the most important thing. As I'm, And I'm not trying to get to the bottom of your morals here, but I'm just more interested in whether it is like, is it something that teams would frown upon internally? Or like, is this something that the GA has to police the same as any other infraction? I think probably the policing side of things, Mikey, because I think most teams will do whatever it takes to win. I think within within a team group, it'll probably, from my point of view, it'll be probably a private conversation. I wouldn't be making a big thing about it in front of the whole group, but I might have a chat with the individual themselves. Uh, but I think it's probably a policing thing because, like I said, near, nearly all teams, nearly all players will will do what they have to do at that level to get a win and you know, I accept that, but um, I think, you know, and, and the fact that it is being highlighted, I know that there's a good bit of commentary in social media about it. I've seen Colin Parkinson has been out quite strong in it. And, you know, it, it's no harm to see that there is this bit of a pushback from from people with regard to us. And maybe even that bit of noise around it might help the, the situation. But uh, certainly, I think the policing element, and as I mentioned that, the, the the example of David Goff last year and you know when referees clamp down on overcarrying or when they clamp down on the third man in or when they clamp down and hurling last year there was a big focus on the hand pass and the throw and when there is that clamp down and a focus on something it does tend to iron itself out mm. Rory you look like you have a, a bee in your bonnet 
I no, 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 not really. I wouldn't disagree with anything Eamon has said there. The only thing I would say is I just don't think it's a big deal. I really don't. I think, what did you list off? Three examples over how many matches have been played since the beginning of February? Mm. Like dozens and dozens and dozens. And there's cameras at all these grounds now. So, like, I just don't, for, 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 on, the, for on one level, I don't really see it as a as a major problem. I think in on a scale of one to ten in terms of the problems facing the Gaelic Athletic Association now, I'd say it's up there with global warming in terms of it being, uh, you know, something that they're going to be exercised by. And then the second aspect to it that I would say is this. Picture the scenario. Player A strikes player B, punches him clean in the face, but player B falls on the floor. What happens? if it has been seen by one of the seven officials. Player he gets A sent gets off, sent off. Yeah. 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 So player A strikes player B, but player B doesn't go to ground, but it's still seen by one of the seven officials. What happens in that scenario? Should still be ascending off. Should is yeah. the word you used. Should still be ascending off. But because player B hasn't gone to ground, the same infraction leads to two different outcomes. So the fault here, I would have none with any of the players. The fault here is an application and interpretation around a very, very badly constructed rule book. So I just don't see it as a big deal. And I think some people look for a bit of it. What's that? The rule book is probably up near the top of your list. The rule book book and refereeing would be right up there and this i think really is the remit of people looking for attention okay i i would say global warming should be at the top of everybody's list of things to fix by the way rory including <laughs> the gaas um niall the that rory kind of makes a fair point there like it does ha- not hand wringing because it is something that we don't want to see but it's concerned we think of the children mikey yeah, be yeah no if it, yeah, it's look, concerned let me think of the children <laughs> Is concern around simulation, Niall, uh, replacing concern around actual violence, which the GAA have, in fairness to them, you know, largely eradicated to, from, say, when even Eamon's day, when, you know, you, you, know, you, you probably would have had a little bit more off the ball uh, shenanigans. And as Roy, uh, you know, as Eamon said last year, we had a bit of it and the GAA came down hard on it. So it does show that, like, that, you know, you can give out about the rule book, but if it's actually applied, it, you know, it can have an effect. Yeah, I like that Eamon lifted three schmozzles and Ormauer and all three. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Where there's smoke. No, no schmozzles in Kerry now. <laughs> I, I, I take Rory's point, I do agree. I think the application of the rules is a major issue. I do feel it's becoming a bigger problem than maybe that low. But in terms of policing it, and this is limited to a very small scope of teams that are on TV, there's only one way to place it that's going to actually do anything and that's the cccc with retrospective action there we saw okay he is obviously getting the ban but we need we need to see cccc coming in for clear and obvious to use a, a term from across the water uh simulation like that and handing out one match bans and in matches some matches if they get away with it it's not going to have a big impact because the team might still win off the back of it but that's the only way it's going to be placed because i don't trust as rory says there the seven officials to be able to see these errors clearly enough uh, have eyes in all these incidents to um, eradicate it or stamp down firmly enough on it. It's going to be TV cameras on a small selection of games that are televised. That doesn't address the issue at club level or any other issue. It's very selective. 
but it's a start. And I, I would love to see if we see real incidents of this happening where people are getting bans after the event. Because I can't see anything on a match day how it can be placed any better because I don't think we have the capabilities in terms of our official our officials on pitch. And I don't I don't I'm not slighting referees. There's a lot goes on in Gaelic games. It's a physical game. I just think uh match day uh, placings it's a red herring. Yeah, yeah, I think you might be right. We'll add it to Jarlath Burns' to-do list. Yeah. In tray is. It's a long one. After <laughs> <laughs> he survived the skydive this weekend. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I was asking him, is there a designated survivor sort of thing if he doesn't make it back? <laughs> but, uh, that just made him more worried. <laughs> it sounds like you were tormenting the president-elect. Um, all right, lads, we'll leave it there. Um, two rounds of football left, but uh, the lads get a, they get a week off. And so myself and Rory will be back to preview uh, Hurling Only weekend on Thursday. Uh, so thank you, Niall. Thank you, Eamon. Thank you, Rory. And we'll talk to you again in a couple of days. Good luck. Bye-bye. Dublin lead by a score. There's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road. And that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I love in Hurling, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it.